0: You ready? Yeah. You ready? All right, hold on. Here we go. What's going on, everyone? You're listening to the Maya Nation podcast. I'm Alex Miller from the Eagle, joined by Travis Brown. This, of course, sponsored by the brand Charlie Davidson in College Station. Uh, Travis, looking at a football, there's some Big questions this week about one, the Aggies offense and two, where they might be headed at quarterback coming off a pretty lackluster loss to Appalachian State last week, seventeen to fourteen. you know, we talked a little bit about it on Monday after Jimbo's press conference. Now that now that there's been a couple of days to, you know, look back at what happened, hear from this morning on the SEC teleconference, you know. What what what's kind of the feeling about where a and at on offense uh, heading into a pretty pivotal game at home Saturday night against Miami?
1: Yeah, I, I think that it's kind of in the same spot at where it needs to where it is. And, and that is that Jimbo Fisher has has got to adapt, whether that's this season, whether that's in the quarterback, whether that's changing up the way he calls the game or whether that is changing up who calls the game. And I don't necessarily seem as a guy who would do that midseason. season. Of course, um, so I think that falls onto kind of the way he calls the game, or maybe who is the quarterback who's who's calling those shots. We asked him at the uh, on the SEC teleconference today uh, if Max Johnson was getting any more reps with the ones than he had been previously, and he declined the answer. He just said we're repping everybody, uh, and so um, I, it'll be interesting to to see how that necessarily uh, shakes out comes this week, come this weekend, but he's got to find a way that if the ball possession game that he is used to running where you you hold the ball get first downs keep the other team's offense on the field and score as many points as you need if that's not working if they can't possess the ball how are they going to get some points on the board if the game turns into a shootout or if they just can't maintain a long drive uh whether that be chunk passing plays they they only attempted i believe it was two passing plays beyond 20 yards right. in that game granted they only had 38 total plays so <laughs> right. everything was uh shrunk down but as you see that the run game isn't necessarily stepping up and and that the um taking penalties the 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 short kind of bubble screen game is it going anywhere you might have to take some shots and they only took two um, uh, in that last game. So I I do think that there has to be some adaptation when it comes to the game, depending on what the other team is doing, what the other team is giving you. Uh, And I, I I don't see that coming. It'll be interesting to see if not only if execution isn't necessarily there, then you have to take some risks and see if some of those risks will be taken in the future.
0: You know, I don't think many had A&M losing to App State last weekend, and if at all. Uh, but A&M's really at a crossroads right now. Because when you look at what the next month has in store for the Aggies, home against Miami, on at, at, at a neutral site against Arkansas, who's up in the top 15, might be in the top 10 even. Uh, at Mississippi State, a place where A&M's traditionally had a hard time And then, of course, at Alabama, the one everybody's had circled for the whole offseason and certainly the Crimson Tide have for sure, whether they want to admit it or not. Uh, You know, A&M's really at a crossroads. How pivotal is it for A&M to get it going on offense, knowing that the season's going to probably be defined within this next month?
1: This will be the hardest test that Miami has faced so far with, uh, I believe it was Georgia Southern and Bethune-Cookman. Bethune-Cookman and...
0: uh, I can't remember yeah, the other one.
1: Yeah, I believe I believe it was maybe Georgia Southern.
0: Georgia um, Southern beat Ma- Nebraska last week, right?
1: But in their first week, it anyway, was Southern Miss. Southern Miss. Southern Miss. Uh, I knew there was a Southern in there, uh, and 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 so this will be the best test that they have seen, at least on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe that they can catch them sleeping a little bit. I think this is. I mean, all the rest of the games for the rest of the season are basically must-wins now after you lose to App State uh, if you want to have the the season that you want to have. But this is a must-win for the next group because you only really have one loss to play with if you want to still kind of achieve the goals that you have. And you're thinking you're going to pencil that in for Alabama, even though that Arkansas game is looking tougher and tougher every week that goes by, I mean they're leading the SEC in both passing and rushing uh, yards, and uh, are, are have a dominant, really physical uh, fronts on both the offensive and defensive side of the balls, which is a whole whole other thing. But yeah, this is this is a must win game for the Aggies if if they want to try to salvage this season, uh, because I think there is an opportunity to catch a team who hasn't necessarily faced any kind of tough opponent, not, you know, people say, well, AM hasn't either app States pretty good. Um, uh, they absolutely dominate AM on both sides of the ball. And I think they're going to win a lot of games. They're probably going to win the Sun Belt, uh, this year, which that's a whole nother race to talk about as well. All that being said, uh, yeah, it's a very, very important game. Uh, and it'll be important, uh, for whoever is at quarterback to, to step up and make a mark.
0: You know, I think Jimbo and the players have made it clear it's not all on the quarterback. And when you look at a ms offensive struggles, you know, we we've talked about the offensive line. Um, we've we've noted how, you know, receivers have had a, a couple miscues here and there on on running routes at correct depths and widths and whatnot. What 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 are you looking for aside from. AM signal caller on Saturday to see the the offensive unit be maybe a little more cohesive
1: well I, I'm just looking to see if and it's not necessarily something that we can see from the press box but but to, to kind of get an idea that some of the reads and some of the, the the way that the plays are run have been simplified a little bit because either you have Haynes Keen back there who is already struggling to to make his way through the offense and move the offense, or you're going to have Max Johnson, who's only had a spring ball in this offense. Uh, and from people I've talked to, it, it takes several semesters to get to the point where you know where you're having to look on every play and where the progressions start, because they it, it's it's if the cornerback is playing this way and the linebacker's is playing this way, the progression starts here. But if they're not, then the progression starts here. And to know exactly where you're looking, because if you're guessing, it's done. You have to know, and it, it's just this intensive study where you have to be of the same brain as Jimbo Fisher. And he, he is an offensive genius. The way he set up this this offense is is really, really smart, but it involves someone who is of that same mindset as him. And and I it just needs to be simplified a little bit. They have the talent out there from all these recruiting classes they brought in the last three years or so to be a really good football team. Their scheme just isn't matching up with first- and second-year players because that's what they basically have out there in most positions. Uh, I I just want to see if the offense is a little bit – scaled down, if it seems like the the progressions and everything are are, are flowing pretty easily for the quarterbacks. Uh, you got to look at the offensive line and make sure that they're giving him they're enough time to make the reads through those progressions. And you you, you want to see that if ball possession isn't working, if they're not being able to maintain long drives, if he's willing to take some shots uh, and, and try some to get some of those explosive plays, uh, to try to get some points on the board when, when, when things aren't necessarily working. Try to throw on first down, throw in early down possessions when they typically like to run or throw it underneath. Um, do that because with the run game not doing anything really, it kind of takes out the play-action pass game. And usually uh, Jimbo Fisher likes to take shots off the play-action pass game. So you're just going to have to maybe go, go five wide and take the tight end out and – uh, just make it a little bit simpler for everybody. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that Anum anum has gotta find some semblance of a run game. That's important. they They probably need to find a second running back to really complement Devon A chain. That's been something they haven't been able to do so far. I'm really curious what adding Bryce Foster does to the mix potentially. how what does Anum's offensive line look like? does does Bryce Foster get the nod over Matthew Wyckoff at center, you know, Haynes King's, I mean, you, you look at some of the plays last week, some of those bobbled snaps and t- difficult handoffs. I mean, part of that's because he didn't get the snap f- to him very well. And so, you know, the offensive line's gotta shore it up. I mean, not to be a coach cliche, but they say it, and I think it's true. It starts in the trenches and Anum's really gotta get that front five figured out. Um, and you know, when when you've got guys like like Evan Stewart and Aniah Smith. I mean, you you've got AM's gotta find ways to get the ball in their hands and and get them open in space, get them played in the passing game at the backfield. I don't know.
1: The 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 thing that we talked about the most this offseason, well maybe not the most, but a lot, is the fact that this A&M team seemed to have more depth at more positions than just about any other time that Jimbo Fisher has been here look at tight end, look at wide receiver, look at offensive line. It, it seemed like the battles were there and, and the players and the coaches were saying that the depth was there to really push competition. Well, when things have been struggling and we haven't really seen the willingness to try other options. And so either the depth isn't there like they have said that there was or there's a stubbornness to go out there and, and try something new. and And it'll be interesting to see how maybe that gets – uh, shaken up this week let's we looked at a little bit of the Am side because that's the offense is what everyone was going to be looking at let's look at the Miami side of things coming up next. We have Susan Miller Degnan of the Miami Herald here with us uh, to break down a little bit of Texas A&M and Miami, and give uh, everyone a little bit of look at what's going on with the Hurricanes this season. Susan, how are you? I'm I'm great. It's very rainy outside here. How's it there? You know, it, it was hot all summer, and we got a little bit of rain, and now I think maybe maybe fall is on its way. Maybe we'll see.
2: Really? Well, if it's if it's cooler than 95 degrees the canes will be very happy
1: yeah i think it, it just might be it just we're, we're going to be pretty close right on that 90 border but uh anyway <laughs> uh let, let's get right into this game what are okay. some of the key major storylines are surrounding this miami hurricane team uh two games in the season and heading into college station this weekend
2: well i think other than you know that it's the first signature game in mario Cristobal in the mario Cristobal era i thought about three things um one is how how um's o-line will hold up to the texas a and d line uh um's quarterback tyler van dyke who was the acc rookie of the year last year um and he really is very good he was sacked four times last week uh, against southern miss right not exactly a powerhouse and uh he you know there was some miscommunication but he needs to have a better start this week um he was a little inaccurate he's still throwing for like 73 (laughs) percent accuracy he's very good but um the the o-line thing is going to be really important they have their left tackle who is supposedly a first round nfl prospect um was out he came back for i think a few 20 maybe he played 20 snaps last week but he had arthroscopic knee surgery so he's back supposedly full force but is he going to play left side as usual, or are they going to move the left guy to the right side? I mean, I think the offensive line is going to be one of the keys. Um, the other thing is, can UM control the play clock? I know App State did that, and it really hurt Texas A&M. And the coaches have talked about that uh, this week repeatedly. Um, so I think they're they're that's really important to them. Um, and 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 I think really one of the most important things is the hostile crowd. And and uh, you know Kyle Field because especially for the young kids they've never had anything like this and this is their first road game and you know I've been to I've been to Kyle Field and what a what
3: a first road game this will be. Yeah, I was going to say I'm just wondering because a new coach anytime a new coach you wonder about the transition because Cristobal has obviously got the reputation uh, stickler for getting things done. I was interested listening to his press conference. He sounds a lot about like Jim Bowen. You talk about execution. So just where do you feel this team is making the transition? You talked about a lot of young players. Do you, have you seen a lot of progress in quote to Cristobal uh, way, as opposed to the previous regime? Right.
2: Well, he is, he wants discipline in every way. Okay. Um, He keeps saying how you do anything is how you do everything. And he means it. I mean, um, he's a guy who's a workaholic and he truly is. I mean, I've never seen someone so hyper and energized as he is. He always, he's in there at like 4 a.m. I, I, you know, 4.30 a.m. in the facility and he he, he expects a lot out of the players. And I think they really needed that discipline. And they've seemed to be buying in as they say um I, he doesn't he doesn't take crap as they say if if somebody even a star steps out of line um they're they're gonna get whatever he does they're gonna get punished or he won't play them or he's just not putting up with anything and um but he's very but he loves the kids it's it's you know total family to him and he and he you know he 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 played for UM under uh, Jimmy Johnson for one season and De- Dennis Erickson for the rest. He won two titles at UM and played for another one and lost Alabama. I mean, they're doing it. He's doing it the old school Miami way, you know, um, kind of tough. Uh, one of the things he keeps saying is Miami is the U is not back. The U is back to work. That pretty
3: much ca-
2: capsulates him.
3: What about, you mentioned about Miami. You think about Miami, you think about big plays. And, of course, Van Dyke, uh, have read up with him. Obviously, he did have a good year, finished the season strong, Listen right. to him. He didn't like how he played in the uh, Southern Miss game. So where is his receivers? I know it's a lot of young receivers, and I know they're supposed to get one guy back. So how do yeah. you think the passing game is going to do in a hostile environment, first road game? Wow. Yeah. Um you know we're we're still waiting um, for
2: the for the receivers to really i mean i i know they have talent they do they're all the four star guys and you know the the highly tattered recruits but really i'm not so sure on the answer to that i'm not so sure how they're going to do period in that environment i'm not i'm not convinced um, they have one slot receiver a uh, third-year player named Xavier Restrepo, mm-hmm. who's not a real big guy. He's very strong and compact, but he's incredible. He's re- he's he's very intense. He's Tyler Van Dyke's roommate. They're very close, and um, he's good. But the other guys, no matter how talented we know they are, and how high they jump, and you know some outrageous catches they make with one hand. But they, you know, they they had a lot of drops in in fall camp. They came. They got stronger at the end of fall camp um, and we're still waiting to see like you're, you, there's a, 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 young, a sophomore named Jacoby George um, who last year, honestly, again, another talent, he jumps sky high, He catches, you know, one handed catches except last year he played, he had, he, he had 172 yards, I think uh, on, I don't know how many catches, seven catches or whatever. Um, seven passes, 183 yards and a touchdown. So he's really relatively untested. Um, And again, Mario, he was suspended the first two games. Okay. So Mario, like, I'm not sure how much he's going to play him. That'll be really interesting to see how much he plays him. Yeah. And I think, and I think I said, I think UM might try to control the clock and run, run the ball.
3: Even if they get three yards, four yards, that'll that'll take time away from Texans. You mentioned about the left tackle. Isn't the line one of their strengths that they feel where they have some? They like that. They like that yes. position. Okay. Yes, actually, it is. It's funny because they were horrible a few years ago. But this
2: this kid, well, he he played when he was a true freshman, and he was skinny. He's you know six five, but he was really skinny. Now he's like three hundred fifteen pounds. Zion Nelson. Um, yeah, they were, they, the four sacks were unusual. Um, they really are into, uh, opening holes for some runners, which we can talk about in a bit. Um, yeah, the, the O line is, has pretty good experience. Um, so again, the noise factor, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just don't know what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, so uh, we, we talked about Van Dyke. We talked a little bit about the wide receivers and the offensive line. What are some other of the key players that A&M, maybe the, the casual college football fan, casual A&M fan needs to know on this Miami team coming in this weekend?
2: Well, UM has a, a running back who was a, a transfer from Ole Miss. He's from South Florida. He went to Columbus High, the same high school Mario Cristobal went to. Um, his name is Henry Parrish. Um, excuse me. He's a third-year sophomore out of uh, uh, yeah, like I said, out of Miami Columbus High, and um, he leads UM now. He's had over 100 yards uh, in each in each of the two games, um, and he's you know he's a, almost a six-yard average. Uh, he uh, he also leads the team with four touchdowns, so he's someone that's going to get I think touch the ball a lot. Um, also on defense. They have an exceptional um, safety named James Williams. He's like really 6'5", I don't know, I can't, 225 pounds or whatever. He's very tall. He stands out when you see him on the field, and he's really good. He was a five-star recruit in high school. Um, and the, the other starting safety, Cam Kinchins, who's also a sophomore, is really good also. He's really, really good. Um, and then the other strength, I would say, is the defensive line. Um, UM has like five, I think it's five transfers this year that are rotating. Like last year, they were—they didn't have a lot, so they didn't have a lot of guys to rotate. This year, they've got uh, a, a guy named, uh, he's a defensive end who so, sometimes goes inside um, on third downs. His name is Akeem Mezador. He's out of West Virginia. Very, very good But he didn't play last game. Uh, I think it was something with his foot. They didn't say that, but we saw some kind of boot on his foot. And Mario today said that he would be back. He was fine. Um, They also have a a guy from UCLA named uh, defensive end, Mitchell Agude, who's very, very good. uh, And a tackle, uh, Jacob Lichtenstein out of USC. Lichtenstein, excuse me, out of USC.
1: So, to wrap things up, what does this game mean for uh, Miami? I know you talked a little bit about the crowd. I know kind of first test. What, what is, what does this game mean for Miami if they win? And, and if AM somehow manages to uh, do what, what we would think now would be the upset.
2: Um, yeah. I'm not sure that's an upset, by the way. I, <laughs> if AM wins, I'm not sure about that, but yeah, um, First of all, it would be Mario Cristobal's first sig- signature win in, in the Mario Cristobal era. Um, and believe me, Miami hasn't had a lot of those, okay? They, they beat Notre Dame in, I think, 2017. That was a huge win for, for Manny Diaz. Um, was it Manny or was it Mark Richt? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that was Mark Richt. That was Mark Richt. But, but anyway, um, uh, I think... Should they win, they would head into Middle Tennessee um, for a game that seems like they should win <laughs> at home, and uh, they'd be 3-0. and They'd have the weekend off after that. Then they'd go right into eight consecutive ACC games. And really, uh, there are some stumbling blocks poss- possible. You know, Pittsburgh, um, FSU always is the great game on November 5th, and UM goes to Clemson on the road um in the next or last game which is always it, obviously that's going to be very tough but um I, I think they'd have a really good shot of winning the coastal and doing very well if they could get the confidence up and win this game i'm not again i'm not convinced they're going to win this game i'm i'm, I'm i don't know
1: hmm. see so let's close it and we'll close it up from our perspective what do you think this game means for a
3: win or lose well, with so, so many big games ahead of Arkansas, Alabama, uh, go to South Carolina and Mississippi State, they almost have to win this game. If, if they lose this game, I don't know how they beat Arkansas. So I just think, I think this is a big game for both teams. And as she mentioned, the atmosphere's going to be great, uh, the crowd, unfortunately, Nm didn't win or else it'd be a game day. So you think about the winner of this game is going to feel real good about themselves. For sure. Bottom line.
1: For sure. Well, Susan, before we go, uh, let everyone know where they can find your work and how they might be able to find you on Twitter,
2: social media, if that's something that you uh, do. Sure. Thank you. Um, My Twitter handle is at S Miller Degnan. That's I don't know if you guys can spell all that, but. Anyway, we'll have it's, a little graphic. Uh, it's it's good. Good. At S. Miller Degnan and, uh, and, you know, again, MiamiHerald.com and click on the sports and get however free ones you get. Maybe one, two. <laughs> there you
1: go. There you go. Well, Susan, thank yeah. you so much. Uh, thank you all so much for was- watching. And if you're listening on the Miami Nation podcast, thanks for listening as well. We'll talk to you next week.
0: It seems like every day, everything just has a way, a way to must have the but if we don't watch what we're doing our hearts We'll get ruined by silly things Good love ain't easy, girl, we know that's true but if we wanna keep it We gotta watch everything that we do, yeah, yeah I wanna make sure, my baby Make sure you're sticking with me